hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, this is Mark Hershon, and we are back with episode 24 of Suckatash... The Comedy Podcast Podcast. Pardon the... I'm always uh, trying to apologize for the audio audio quality of the show when I'm not in Studio P, the homie of the hit, with our engineer producer, Joe Paulino. I am actually at the San Francisco International Airport at the moment, uh, recording my part of the show, uh, because it's the only time I've had this week to do it. I'm sitting in a car uh, waiting to pick my wife up from a flight. And I thought, oh, it'll be quiet out at the airport. Uh, there seems to be giant ventilators here, and there's a train that comes by about every five minutes. So um, my apologies once <laughs> once again. And I guess I've got to stop getting down on some of these other podcasters for their audio quality if I keep pulling stuff like this. Uh, anyway, this is episode 24. We've got lots of clips. We've got our burst o durst. We have an interview, a phoner interview, Skype. Uh, with actor, comedian, artist, and podcaster, all rolled into one, Dean Hagland, who you may know from the X-Files and the Lone Gunman TV series. We're going to talk about his exciting new Kickstarter project in a little bit. We also have a funny song by comedian songstress Shantus Karen Kilgarren from her album Behind You. Uh, so we've got that coming up. Uh, that's a treat. And... Um, I think we have a classic Henderson's Pants commercial for you as well. So we got a whole lot to get to uh, before we get to any of it. Please, let me ask you, let me beg you, let me plead with you. If uh, you do listen to our podcast, please go up to iTunes and give us a rating. Uh, the higher the rating, the more we'll love you, of course. But I'm not begging. Oh, wait, I, I am begging. Uh, and if you can put a review up there, that's even better. A couple of weeks ago, we actually got into the uh, the new and noteworthy for the very first time in the year we've been doing this. So your reviews actually do help. The iTunes people, I guess they look at those to figure out what people are listening to and really enjoying. So uh, again, jump up to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review, and we will be your best friend forever. I promise. If you'd like to read as well as listen to me occasionally. I am one of the reviewers over on This Week in Comedy podcasts over on SplitSider.com. This past week, I reviewed the very funny and inventive Dead Authors podcast, which is the brainchild of comic Paul F. Tompkins. In fact, you know what? I'm going to toss you a clip from that right now. It, this is a monthly podcast, not a weekly, with uh, Paul F. as H.G. Wells, who uses his time tab- travel technology to bring in deceased authors to mix it up, reveal something of themselves, and reflect on our world from their unique perspective. It's reminiscent of the late Steve Allen's Meeting of Minds series that ran on PBS in the 70s. Now, most of you, of course, are not old enough to remember that. Uh, I was looking for that online and wanted to play a clip, but the only thing that exists that I could find was uh, it's available on VHS tape from Amazon Video. And most of you are not old enough to remember VHS tape. Uh, Actually, I don't have anything that will play it anymore. Anyway, here's that clip from Dead Authors Podcast. HP, perhaps you'd like to uh, lighten the mood a little bit with one of your enchanting tales. Indeed, indeed. This is a series called Mythos. The Call of Sulu. 
The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. <laughs> We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of a black sea of infinity. And it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But someday, piecing together the dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and our own frightful position where therein that we shall either go mad from revelation or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a dark new age. Is that, um, is that some of that weird fiction? This is the beginning of a book I wrote called Call to Sulu, which introduced the book, the Necromicron, which opened up a dark world in which your mind can only inhabit. Think about it and unravel yourself until you're mad. <laughs> What's the name of that book again? The book Necromicron. I'm, I'm sorry, people, I don't know. It's, it's the How area. are people pronouncing it now? Oh. <laughs> well, would you believe those silly buggers are calling it the Necronomicon? No. Well, no. All of my words have been destroyed. How would you pronounce C-T-H-U-L-H-U? I believe the accepted pronunciation uh, uh, around these days is uh, Cthulhu. Wrong. Oh. Sulu. The C. The C, T, H are silent and replaced with an S. Sulu. All right, so that was the Dead Authors Podcast uh, with Paul F. Tompkins again as H.G. Wells, Paul Shear there as H.P. Lovecraft, and uh, James Adomian, who wasn't actually in that clip very much, as Nietzsche, uh, mixing it up pretty good on that episode. They are, again, a monthly podcast, so there's lots of time to catch up between episodes. Find them at thedeadauthorspodcast.libsyn.com, or, of course, just go to iTunes, and you can catch it there. A couple of more bits of business. Uh, don't forget, you can cover yourself in succotash. Grab some merch with our snappy logo on board. T-shirts, mugs, mouse pads, sweatshirts, whatever you want. If you don't see it there, email me, mark at succotashshow.com, and I'll find something you do want to wear it on. Uh, our web store is located over at Cafe Press, and you can get there. Just go to um, our website, succotashshow.com, and click on the link on the right-hand column to the Succotashery. Also, uh, so far, I'm afraid that we've only raised uh, enough money in our Save Our Hard Drive drive to buy the gas to get to the guy who can hopefully fix our broken Succotash hard drive with its precious interviews that are trapped therein. But we still can't pay for the repairs. Won't you help, friends? Uh, 
We're in a campaign to rescue some Succotash interviews that are trapped on that broken drive. It's going to cost probably about a thousand bucks. So far, we've raised about fifty. So click the donate button prominently displayed on the right-hand side of the page at SuccotashShow.com. If you do, we'll be sure to mention your name on the show, and you will also, of course, have our undying, ceaseless gratitude. I promise. All right. Uh, I mentioned my uh, email address, Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. Also, follow us at Show on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can like us at the Succotash Show page. If you'd like to ask us a question or suggest uh, podcasts you're not hearing us play clips from, feel free to call the Succotash hotline, 818-921-7212. We may even play your voice right here on the show. I'm a little dismayed trying to find clips this week. i got to tell you, there seem to be more and more podcasts appearing that feature kind of those gaggle of guys sitting around, mostly drinking, mostly swearing, in what I've come to refer to as shooting the shit shows. Uh, There's no real format. There's no real perspective. And the majority of the people on these shows, well, they're just not terribly funny or compelling. Now, I'm not going to rag on anyone in particular. Most of these shows I ran across this week are less than a dozen shows in, so I am willing to give them the doubt. I'll wait and see. They'll either develop their own style and a point of difference that's worth listening to, or they'll just get bored hearing their own hollow rantings and go away. I mean, the highway of the Internet is littered with five- and six-episode podcasts that were recorded, you know, two years ago, and then people just kind of got bored. So uh, the good talent will out, I am sure. And the good news is I actually still have plenty of clips to play for you uh, this week and from shows that we have not featured before. This next one ties into some news in that we're going to have our podcast rebroadcast on, well, it's not really a network. Uh, These guys just like some podcasts, and they have asked them if they can rebroadcast them through their distribution stream. So I think that's great. And uh, it helps everybody get some momentum. They're sort of a big boy version of Succotash because I'm just playing clips. They're playing whole damn shows. So in addition to the way you can currently get your Succotash, which is, of course, our home site, iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, you can also grab us off Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment. Yes, Clutch and Wiggle and you can interpret that any way you like online there at cweradio.com. That's C-W-E, as in Clutch Wiggle Entertainment, cweradio.com. They've got a growing list of rebroadcast podcasts they're connected with, but it all started from their own little podcast, Clutch and Wiggle. So here's a taste straight from their basement atop a real air hockey table where they bring comedy and justice the way no one else sees the world. All right, let's move on to the last story segment, too. We'll hit a commercial break, and then we'll return back with our punching background. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, don't you love the title of this article? <laughs> Only if there's pictures associated with the article. Yeah, there is. Oh, my God. <clears throat> there, there's some kind of new porn fetish, and, and you'll get a, a sense of segment two being the, like, <laughs> sex segment, where we just find the most disgusting fucking sex stories and just cram it in this segment. The title of our last story ends up being Japanese Girls and Licking Doorknobs. For those of you in the chat room who would like to get off on Japanese doorknob licking as your new favorite porn of choice, have a gander at that. So lie. She's disgusting. Jesus. Uh, damn, she's filleting. Wait, I think I have those fucking handles. No, they're. they're not. Well, you know, she might be sucking the chrome off those things. God damn. I, I kind of need some Barry White music for this. 
Um, I don't. You know what? I can't do Barry White. Uh, I can do something else though. That okay? Oh yeah. That's good. Yeah, keep it going. All right, it's going. Baby, lick that doorknob. No. Like that. Yeah. Play with the play with the part where you where you lock it. Oh yeah, I like that. See if you can lock it with your tongue. Yeah, just do it that way. Oh, yeah, just like that. Mm. No, no. Put the whole doorknob in your mouth. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't worry. You ain't gonna bite. The whole doorknob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you like that, don't you? I bet you do. (laughs) See if you can open the door. Open up the door. Don't you want him to jiggle the handle? Oh, jiggle the handle a little bit. Jiggle it. Yeah. Move it up and down. Open the door up a little bit. No, no, no. Not too much. Just just do, open it up. Just a crack. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Now slam it. Slam it shut. That's right. Whip it out of Yeah. Oh, wow. You've done this before, haven't you? Oh, wow. Is it getting warm in here? Yeah, Or is it just me? I think it's getting warm. Maybe we should open the door. Is that what these guys are into? (laughs) Wait, what? You're talking about a story or your fucking fetishes? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I think I I, I think I need some... uh, Oh, it... Did it fin- did the song finish or, or did you just fade it out? Yeah, I faded oh, it okay. out. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I thought I, I had some left. Did you? No, I don't think so. I, I think I need a few minutes to uh to uh Oh man, wow. Well if I, and- I need a few minutes to recoup. So there's a little clutch and wiggle for you. Remember you can catch us rebroadcast on their little uh well, I'll call it a network because I don't know what else to call it. At CWERadio.com. You can also catch their show itself on iTunes. And, of course, look for Succotash there, too. Last episode, I had Dana Carvey and Frank Cronin in the, in the studio. Anyway, I mentioned last time that comedian Larry Miller, who we have featured a number of times, has fallen. He hit his head on the floor of a bar, <coughs> and that's not really important. His condition, however, was not really getting out there. Fortunately, his producer, Jeff Fox, has been providing some progress reports. And here's a couple of minutes. Here's a latest that just dropped last week. Uh, so here's producer Jeff Fox from uh, This Week with Larry Miller. Hi, folks. It's Colonel Jeff Fox, producer of This Week with Larry Miller. I'm here to give you your weekly dose of Larry Miller update. Larry's doing really, really well. Dr. Chris and I just got back from visiting him. He looks great, and he's doing great, but he's going to need more time to recoup before we get him back in the studio. So, as I've said the last couple weeks, thanks again for all of your kindness and patience, but rest assured, he is on the mend. I brought some of the comments, jokes, and poems that you've sent in, and he really, really got a kick out of them. And what I'm going to do is read some of them for you now. Homer Pluto wrote in, and he said, as Fields would have said, I assume he means WC, Larry Miller, why he's astonishingly athletic. You can always find him near the horizontal bars, or horizontal, near the bar. Wishing you a strong recovery, my friend. John Zeck wrote in saying, I know the voices of the boy tenors all across the World Wide Web break when they ask the musical question, is Larry Miller going to be better soon? And our next message is from Andrea Hope. She says, hello to Larry and everyone. 
This is Andrea from the Tokyo Division of the Larry Miller Drinking Society, just sending warm thoughts and wishes for a speedy recovery. An interesting bit of trivia, the Japanese have an equivalent saying to laughter is the best medicine, which is sake wa hyaku yaku no cho. It actually means alcohol is the best medicine. So here's hoping many laughs and drinks come your way. And a big thanks to the folks at bindledog.com. They made a great animated Get Well card with the show's theme song in it. We've posted it on the Get Well page at LarryMillerPodcast.com. If you haven't gone there and left a comment for Larry, feel free to do so and check out the video. This week's Encore presentation is another episode that was the genesis of a show catchphrase and what I feel to be a core tenet of the Tao of Larry philosophy, as it were. And this episode is called Keep Pulling That Ripcord, and I hope you enjoy it. Again, all of your comments, kind wishes, prayers, poems, jokes, they make all the difference in the world. And I don't know if you folks see a lot of comments on the average website, but they tend to be pretty cantankerous. Um, but not you folks. Your kindness is really, really an inspiration, and you all deserve a parade. So go watch the video that the bindledog.com people did and just uh, picture yourself marching along in that parade right next to Larry. You all deserve it. So until next week, let's all raise a glass again and toast to Larry's continued and speedy recovery. Thanks again, everyone. Keep pulling that ripcord and nominum quid geminis to you all. We certainly send out our hopes and good wishes to Larry Miller for a speedy recovery and hope his family is getting along okay. You can keep tabs yourself or drop him a get well soon message at LarryMillerPodcast.com. And you can catch his updates there and also on iTunes. Now, normally I hold off playing a podcast until they have some eppies under their belt, as I mentioned earlier. One exception to that rule is the Laugh Spin podcast. So a quick history. Punchline Magazine started a website a few years ago, and then they changed their name last year to Laugh Spin because uh, the magazine business, I don't know if you've noticed, is not doing really well. But there's no problem with websites. There's plenty of them. So they changed their name from Punchline to Laugh Spin. They're totally up on what's going on in comedy, they're also very savvy about comedy podcasts as well, and they have started their own podcast. They're only about three episodes in. It's hosted by the editor-in-chief at Laughspin, Dylan Godino, and Mike Gogan. Uh, I think an information podcast like this will probably take off in a big way. Judge for yourself. Here's a clip that's featuring some comedy news items. All right, let's get on to my favorite part of the show, and that would be the news. Comedy news. First up, Ken Marino has got a brand new show that he's pitching. This is a web series, you're saying, right? This is a kind of yeah. a spinoff on The Bachelor? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, this is happening. Ken Marino has a new web show coming out. It's a parody of The Bachelor. It looks incredible. Ben Stiller's producing it. And basically, every awesome comedy person from, like, Wet Hot American Summer, The State, that whole clan uh, is in there. Michael Ian Black, Adam Scott from Parks and Rec and Party Down. Ken Jeong, Malin Ackerman, Kristen Bell, Natasha Leggero. It, it just looks amazing. This does. I mean, if you go online and you check out the, the trailer for it, uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just phenomenal. It's everything you want it to be, and it's definitely going to fill the void that Party Down left in my heart when it decided to just disappear off the planet, which sucks so bad. Oh, yeah. you sound sad. I am sad, man. I am. <laughs> I, I love these guys. These guys all together just kick so much ass and it's so cool to see those guys from the state really branch out and really take control finally kind of hitting their stride with you know a lot of them like uh david wayne and uh directing and 
Children's Hospital, which is a bunch of those guys, and uh, Tom Thomas Ledden and Ben Garant really doing some writing, some really great writing and directing, and I, I just love it. I just I just absolutely love the fact that they're a major influence out there, and this new web series with Ken Marino should not disappoint. It looks awesome, and I can't wait. Next up on news, Whitney Cummings landing a new talk show. Uh, later in the year, she's going to have a show called Love You, Mean It with Whitney Cummings. And it will premiere alongside the soup on E. What do you got on the new Whitney Cummings talk show? Yeah, I mean, we don't know whether her NBC show, uh, her sitcom Whitney, is coming back yet. We'll probably know in the next week or so, if not in a few days. But she will be on screen uh, at, at least once a week on E. It, it sounds like it's going to be kind of a laid-back, late-night talk show type of deal. She's going to have celebrity guests. This sounds like it's going to be a very minimal set. Her and her laptop talking about celebrities and gossip and sex and all that good stuff. So Whitney will be back. Whether or not she's going to be back on NBC, we don't know yet, but she will be back on television. Yeah, and this should be a good kind of counterpart, too, to, like, Chelsea Handler. So it might be a nice female-oriented, talk show-oriented uh, sandwich there in the middle of the Yeah, yeah. Oh, and walk. I should mention that her uh, her sidekick is comedian Julian McCullough. So that's cool because, uh, you know, I've been watching him for years in New York, and I know he went out to L.A. a few months ago, or maybe maybe it was a year ago. But anyway, but he's doing well, so congrats to him. All right, Will Farrell is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live on May 12th. Will Farrell coming back again for the second time to—this is the second time, right, to host, host I believe so, yeah. Great time last time. He obviously brought back some of his defining characters from when he was on SNL. My favorite, though, were some of the ones that they don't throw in there. Uh, were you a big— Will Ferrell SNL fan? I was a uh, very big, yeah, Will Ferrell fan. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite skits ever that he's done is something that never really gets a lot of play, and that was the one where Sarah Michelle Gellar was hosting, and there was a family sitting around the table, and they're trying to have a nice conversation, and all of a sudden it starts getting into an argument. Yes. And yes. Will, <laughs> Will Ferrell starts yelling stuff like, I drive a Dodge Stratus, and <laughs> right. I could do 20 push-ups. <laughs> just, <laughs> just yelling things. I'm a district manager. People fear me. <laughs> I, I love Will, Will Ferrell yelling, I think, is probably one of my favorite things to listen to on yeah, the planet. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I hate I hate to admit that, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest part of, about that skit is is him yelling and then it would get all quiet and you would just hear the clanging of silverware. <laughs> and Anna Gasteyer was was on. Uh, she played the mother. Yeah. yeah. And she was she was always trying to restart conversations with the daughter, Sarah Michelle Geller, And yeah. <laughs> Great, Very great skit. Classic. So we'll see how that does. That's uh, the guys over at Laugh Spin. Uh, check out their website if you want to keep up on what's going on in news and comedy and podcasting, any comedy movies, kind of anything that comedy touches, Laugh Spin has their finger on the pulse of. You can listen to their podcast over at the, the home site, laughspin.com, or on iTunes. Now, here is the, uh, the interview I promised you. I did this last week with uh, Dean Haglin. And we'll talk about his whole Kickstarter campaign he's got going on to do his own graphic novel. We kicked in some money, considerably more than anybody's contributed to our little save the hard drive drive. I think he'd really appreciate you jumping in. He's not trying to raise all that much money, and it seems like a pretty good idea. So uh, there's a lot more in store here. Uh, let's listen to uh, my chat via Skype with Dean Haglin. On the phone from Los Angeles, but via Skype, he could be anywhere in the world, is Dean anywhere. Haglund. Hello, Mark. Hello, how Dean. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Welcome back to Succotash. It's great to be back. 
Uh, you know, you did call us the royalty of podcasting. Yes, so. podcast royalty. I still, I still claim that as a matter oh, of well. fact for the for you and uh, Phil Arness, your partner in crime. We didn't think we were so um, vaunted. Vaunted. We were <laughs> such pioneers. <laughs> and uh, you guys, of course, have the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour still going strong. Still going strong. We still put that show up, even though now we are travel takes us all over the world. Phil's in London this week. I'm in Texas next week. And yet the show still go up every Monday uh, for our legions of fans listening pleasure. Yes, I enjoyed the uh, recent uh, the recent episode recorded in the, in the car in Sacramento. That was... Uh... Oh, my God. You know, we, uh, we miscalculated how much time it would take to get from L.A. to Sacramento. And I had done that trip once before, and frankly, I, I had said something, but Phil swears by MapQuest, and that told him that, uh, you know, it would take nine hours or something. Well, it's just so funny, because Phil's from, from the Bay Area, and the trip is no longer or shorter than it takes to get to San Francisco. I know! He's a Cupertino native. I mean, for crying out loud... You would think of anything, that guy would know the trip. Oh, Somehow he freaked out and he had to pick me up at 2 a.m. And um, and that last hour when the sun came up, it was just brutal. So. Uh, for, the, for those of you uh, listeners who don't recognize Dean Hagelin, his name or his voice, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. I put shame on thee. Uh, if I were, if I were a, a lesser man, I would just let it go unsaid. But uh, Dean Hagelin, of course, uh, made famous by his appearance on The X-Files. Yes. As one of the lone gunmen. Mm-hmm. And then in the series by the same name uh, yes. that followed. Technically, our spin-off, yeah. Uh, which is still uh, one of my favorites. I, okay, I still have the, the box set that uh, I made you sign for me. I know. And I, I, was, st- I love doing it. Don't kid yourself. I still watch it. And, uh, you know, I was watching, uh, there was a Science Channel had a Firefly marathon over the weekend. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, and they just sort of continually played all 13 episodes. Why can't you guys get a marathon? That would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, shouldn't be that hard. Come on, there's so many TV show networks out there and channels. Somebody's got to want to do a lone gunman marathon. I would think. You know, there was some little. Uh, I don't want to like give you the inside scoop on what happened between Fox and the gunman, but there was mm. a few little issues that may have negated that show from ever being seen again on network really? TV. Wow. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm not naming names. I wish there was some way that those people that really love the show or were curious about it had some way to see it in some sort of form, some sort of graphic form that maybe was a, an homage or... An homage to had, it? Had some kind of connection to the Lone Gunman, if only something like that existed. Oh, oh my God. You know what? You know what's so weird about that? What? I sort of have an idea for that. Get out of I'm town. not kidding you. I... I am doing a graphic novel that may or may not include the lone gunman. Get the heck out of here. I'm serious. And no, I know it's that. All, it's and a Kickstarter campaign. Absolutely. And uh, gosh, you know, I've, I've had a number of friends that have, uh, so far, everyone successfully completed their Kickstarter campaign. I do not want Dean Hagelin to be left in the dust. Yes, let's not leave me in the dust of that who does not complete his, in, his in fact, meager... In fact, just before uh, I, I got in touch with you tonight for this interview, I was uh, there, there was a... Uh, 
uh, thing I saw online, and it was like 30 of the Kickstarter campaigns that were miserable <laughs> failures. <laughs> I mean, these these things didn't raise a dime. No. Yeah, but see, I know that yours is better than that because I at least gave you 50 bucks. I know you did, and I, I think I sent you a letter saying thank you so much. It's you, so appreciative. And here's the thing. Everybody, no matter what level you come in, you come in $11, you come in at – Whatever, you get original art. Which is amazing. So, so let, let me just sit back and let you kind of reel off what the Kickstarter campaign's about, what it is you're trying okay. to do, how much you're trying to raise, and what folks get for kicking in. Right. So I am doing a graphic novel based on a uh, – we recently did a uh, conspiracy documentary called The Truth Is Out There and had many different uh, stories about UFOs, um, Tesla coil – the whole gamut, and uh, you can see it at a website called truth-is-out-there-dot-com. Truth is out there with dashes all between. If only there was some way I could have reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Huffington Post yes. uh, did your review of it. We they did. totally got the... The succotash bump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the succotash bump. Wow, there's a dichotomy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so one of the stories that we heard that didn't get put into the movie because it's, it is so overwhelming and such a large story, that now we're going to put it into a, um, a graphic novel. Uh, I, I don't want to call it a documentary because it has – truth in it, but it's going to be a fictitious story because some of it is so um, potentially overwhelming that, you know, you put certain conspiracies into a fictional form in order to get it out to the public. Sure. This is a common thing to do in the conspiracy world. Anyway, uh, this is a story uh, regarding why we had to get into Iraq in March 2003, why that was so was important, and the invasion of Iraq. And... Uh, you know, it's rather mind-blowing in that uh, uh, Saddam Hussein thought he was a reincarnation of King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm, yes. uh, there's all these plaques, there's, and, it, and it becomes this uh, story not about oil and not about money or anything like that, but it's a uh, almost uh, uh, time-traveling biblical story of a portal to a fourth dimension where a battle took place, perhaps, and this part is all true, and we're going to tell this in a graphic novel, and it will be up to the viewer to determine what is true and what is the fictional parts. Well, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun, and you are drawing it mm -hmm. and writing it. I am writing it, but uh, out of the blue, my good friend Dave Dorman, who's done a lot of the Star Wars covers for Dark Horse, mm -hmm. uh, he's a huge uh, uh, illustrator, uh, fantastic artist. He's uh, offered to do the cover uh, for this graphic novel uh, of The Lone Gunman. And so he is going to uh, be painting a picture, and it will be one of the reward levels uh, that I will be putting up in the next few days uh, once I uh, connect with him that it's okay. So well, That, that sounds amazing. And the other thing that's amazing, because I, as I said, I've had a number of friends that have had Kickstarter campaigns. And yours, I think, has more reward levels than there are levels in Area 51. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I sort of put in – okay. So for my thing, I always thought, oh, well, the reward levels are always start with and a good thank you and a karma and we like you. 
And I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to go different. I'm going to tear up all my sketchbooks. And regardless of what level you come in at, you will get an original piece of artwork. You know, maybe it's wallet size. Maybe it's a tiny thing that I sign, whatever. But then as you go up, then there's the secret envelope level. And in the secret envelopes, I have a lot of gack from my X-File days. So there's many trading cards, maybe pieces of the original script that we worked with. You know, these sort of things that I will be putting into the envelope and sending to people who are pledging at that level. And then from there, it goes up to um, DVDs, uh, shows I've done at the conventions. Uh, It goes to then original artwork, prints, um, high-quality prints of of other artwork I've done. Uh, Of course, the graphic novel itself comes in in the middle of there. And then up at the high end, it is... Not only do you get original artwork and all the other rewards, but your name becomes a character in the graphic novel. Wow. Yes, exactly. So there could be Mark Hershon, you know, as the head FBI conspiracy guy. I I don't think uh, Succotash has a big enough budget for me to uh, be a character in your graphic novel. (laughs) I'm saying it's high up there. I'm not kidding you. I know. I can imagine. You know, there's only so many characters, so we thought we'd put that high so that, uh, you know, we wouldn't be deluged with yes. uh, names that we had to put in the in the script. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. But what a great, uh, what a great, cool sort of uh, shot at immortality. Well, and you know, it was actually, I had thought of it, but then I didn't put it in until uh, uh, a good... Well, he's, he, I know him for many years now. He's come to many conventions, and he's in the diplomatic corps in Iraq right now. And he emailed me uh, pictures from Iraq that I'm using as references uh, for the graphic novel itself. And uh, he said, you know, I'm going for the top level. Can I get my name in the, as one of the characters? And I went, oh, what a great idea. And so I put it in as like, this is a bonus level for sure. That's great. Yeah, it's so great. That's great. So now you have um, you're trying to raise how much money? I'm going for seven thousand dollars. Well, that's modest. That, that's modest because uh, the printing costs. I think I can cover it all. That would cover you know three months of me drawing it and all that sort of thing. So uh, I didn't want to go. You know, a lot of these uh, digital software and and um, computer games they're all like up in the hundred fifty thousand range. And that yeah, seems yeah. pretty intense. I thought seven thousand is uh, is a range that is uh, accessible, and then if people want to continue to contribute, we can go over that absolutely. But uh, seven thousand seemed like it was the right range that it can make its goal, so that everybody gets stuff, and at the same time, it's not going to um, collapse and nobody gets anything. Uh, well, that sounds great. Um, you know, our, our friend Mark Pitta, um, yes. his wife uh, is putting together a comic book series, and she kind of shot for the moon and wanted to get like 50 grand to put four Ouch. issues together, and that didn't work out. Uh, but then she uh, ratcheted back and put up a new campaign. I think she went for seven grand, and she got it covered quite quickly. So, Is that right? Yeah. I think that's the thing. You know, uh, my friends did the same thing. They had the rights to – Remember the um, old uh, wireframe video game where you shot tanks called oh, absolutely. Battle Zone? I love that. that was a Battle Zone, yeah. So he was trying to do a, uh, 
an iPhone battle zone, mm-hmm. and he had the rights and everything. But he was looking for 150000 and did not achieve it. And so, but he still owns the rights to battle zone. He can't, you know, now he's sort of in this limbo of he's got the rights, he holds it, he can't hire the programmers, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure once the grosses from Battleship come in, yeah. he'll be able to use that to his advantage. <laughs> really? You think Battleship's going to rock the house? I somehow doubt it. But. I know. I mean, I look at the, like, every trailer of that just seems, it sort of seems uh, Battle Los Angeles. Yes. But in the ocean. With Liam Neeson for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What is that? Did, was there no action movies where he couldn't save his daughter? Someone I mean, had to have a paycheck. Uh, I no. guess he bought another house or something. I don't understand that at all. So, so Dean, how much time do people have as of – well, as of this call, it's Tuesday. And it's Tuesday. So there's 23 days remain. So there's still remain. some space. Yeah, we're um, – I'm going to do a blast on all my 4,800 Facebook friends. Not that I'm bragging. Wow. Aren't you I'm important? Not, well, no. I just say yes to <laughs> I say welcome aboard to anybody who makes a shout out. But, uh, but I'm going to figure out how to personally uh, send a message to each and every one of those 4,800 people. Uh, well, that's easy enough to do. Put a blast it, out to them. Is it? Sure, and with the Succotash bump, it's 4,807, so it's ah. really bringing the, the numbers. <laughs> you know what, we'll, uh, we'll, what we'll do is we'll get a, a progress report um, maybe uh, in the next episode after this one's on, and yep. uh, we'll see how it's coming along. Um, so tell me how, uh, how uh, your podcast is doing these days. You can find us basically at chillpackhollywood.com, spelled C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K, hollywood.com. And you can stream us, you can download, you can follow us on iTunes, uh, even send a review on iTunes. It's fantastic. And each and every week, Phil Lernas, my co-producer, and I talk about all things Hollywood. Um, and we're not so much a uh, gossip podcast but more the issues behind the films uh, and social commentary and uh, larger phenomena that's going on. So And celebrity deaths. Oh, oh yes. And we do celebrity deaths. And, and school closures. of a phenomena that goes on. <laughs> and school closures. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Uh, Dean, best of luck with the campaign, the Kickstarter campaign. I'll make sure that... We've got the uh, URL up here so people can get right to it. And I will also put a link on the Succotash blog as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. Can't appreciate it enough. And, and you know what? If you if you want to name an FBI agent after me, you can do it. It's okay. Okay, don't kid yourself. You know, that is a higher <laughs> level. But because you're such a good friend. Can I be a janitor? Maybe, yeah, there may be a character that gets killed off early. Because, you know, in all my Hallmark movies, I always took the role of the janitor. <laughs> I myself in. So if you can name a janitor Jake, a that'll second. be enough resonance because that's what I always call my janitor characters in, in my Hallmark movies. Okay, wait a sec. I got Je- Santa Jr. Yep. On DVD. Yes. Are you saying if I watch? Yes, you will see. You will see. Jake see actually is a uh, – he plays a, an alarm technician in that, that particular production. But his name is Jake, and he's only got some sort of menial labor job. So. But it's Jake. I mean, that's not – Jake Hershon? That's nope. not a... Nope, just Jake. 
Just Jake. It, it actually comes from the old uh, the old expression, "Everything's Jake." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Well, you know what? I hate to say it, I might just throw it in the DVD player tonight. Oh man, that would be a sweet treat to get a Christmas movie in May. <laughs> I know. Sad to Junior, here he comes. All right, well, Dean Hagelin from Chill Pack Hollywood Hour and the Kickstarter campaign for a fantastic gravel, graphic novel. Thank you for taking time to talk to us tonight. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will catch up with you and see how that campaign's doing in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. All right, take care, man. You too. Bye-bye. Be sure to click on the link to Dean's Kickstarter campaign right on our SuccotashShow.com website or go to Kickstarter.com and search for Shock and Awesome or just Dean Haglin's name. And uh, be sure to kick him a few bucks and let's see if we can't get that uh, fantastic graphic novel off the ground. This next piece, uh, I've mentioned before, I'm trying to do at least one bit of comedy music in the podcast every episode. And I was listening to the 100th episode of uh, Walking the Room, which is a podcast I really enjoy uh, with Greg Barrett and Dave Anthony. Um, We've played several clips from their show here before. And uh, with any luck at all, I may actually have an interview with uh, the two of them at some point. (sighs) I don't know when. Um, Anyway, uh, a guest on their 100th episode was uh, Karen Kilgariff, who is a stand-up comic, and she also does uh, some very funny songs. And uh, as part of that appearance, she had uh, she sung a song on there, which I didn't catch the title of. I don't think they ever mentioned it. I listened several times, uh, never got it. But it turns out she has an album out. The song she sang, unfortunately, on their song on their show is not on the album. But the album has some damn funny songs. It's called Behind You. And uh, so first I bought a copy because it's the gentlemanly thing to do. And then I reached out on Twitter and asked if she wouldn't mind uh, us featuring the songs from that album from time to time here on Succotash. And she said she would be honored. Uh, I think she said that. Either that or just leave me alone. But anyway, I got the idea it would be okay to play her stuff. So here's a, uh, here's a here's here's one of the cuts from Karen Kilgariff's Behind You album. It's called Look at Your Phone. If there's a moment of silence, look at your phone. And if you don't know what to say, you can Thank you. 
Look at your phone. That's Karen Kilgariff from her album Behind You. And you can download that at bandcamp.com. And it's three bucks. It's three bucks for an album. Uh, bandcamp.com, Karen Kil- Kilgariff, and the title again, Behind You. Uh, let's uh, take a break for a uh, listen to a classic Henderson Pants commercial. Hello, friends. Summer may be winding down, but with plenty of warm weather still ahead, now is the perfect time to take advantage of Henderson's annual sale on picnic pants. You know, you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, but don't let that old saw stop you from slipping into a pair of white and red-checked Henderson's picnic pants. Roomy, cool, and comfortable, Henderson's picnic pants are a walk in the park. And once you've found that perfect spot to plop down your basket, that's when your picnic pants go into action. One firm tug achieves easy release, and the pants' legs unfurl to form a ground cover wide enough to accommodate the entire family. Specially built pockets hold an entire arsenal of sporks, while the insulated pockets, both front and rear, keep plenty of coleslaw, potato salad, and condiments on ice until you're ready to eat. I know what you're thinking. What about my meat? Well, friends, with Henderson's patented concealed crotch cooler, there is plenty of space to tuck away those weenies, brats, and patties until the coals are hot enough to stick them on the grill. And with our buttocks basket, you'll be sure to have an ample supply of buns on hand. In addition to being both stain and water resistant, picnic pants are insect repellent too, which means there'll be no ants in your pants when it comes time to bid adios to your favorite park or beach luncheon spot. Originally designed for SEAL Team 6, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and the Donner Party, Henderson's Picnic Pants are now available on sale wherever fine tarpaulins and mulch are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 756 A.D. And now, back to Succotash. So a few minutes ago, we heard from Dean Haglund. Remember that? Do I have to replay the tape? No. Uh, And his Kickstarter campaign to raise funds to complete his original graphic novel. Friend of the show Dave Nelson over at the Comedy A Go-Go podcast recently had W. Kamau Bell on his show. Kamau's a very funny comic, and he has had a successful Kickstarter campaign last year to raise money to shoot a video of the comedy show he toured the country with called Laughter Against the Machine. Uh, It was Kamau, Nato Green, and Janine Brito. You may have read that he's now developing a TV show for FX that he will star in that's being produced by Chris Rock. So way to go, Kamau. He was on Dave Nelson's show, and here he gets into the mechanics of how the Laughter Against the Machine tour went. I wanted to to touch on Laughter Against the Machine and the whole, uh, I know we're running short on time, just what that is and how that went, and and, um, is that going to go back out again? Yeah, we're going to go back out again. Laughter Against the Machine is, like I said, is a social political comedy tour with Nato Green and Janine Brito. The idea is it's, uh, it's social political comedy from a progressive perspective, but it's not like the liberal comedy. When you see a liberal comedy show, it just it makes you sleepy. So the idea for Laugh Against the Machine is that it's issue-oriented, agenda-driven comedy, but it's not necessarily just going to cheerlead the left. That is very hyper. It's very critical of, 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 it's critical of all sides, and which means we walk people, and we, get, we piss people off. Uh, but we also, they laugh sometimes. And so we started doing it in the Bay Area, and it really got popular here really quickly. And then we decided to take it on the road to these other cities, like we went to Tucson, Arizona, and we went to um, we went to Dearborn, Michigan, that has the nation's biggest population of Arabs and Muslims. 
and we went to New York so to do some Occupy Wall Street stuff, and went to New Orleans, and went to D.C., and went to Madison, Wisconsin, Chicago, because at the time, those were the places that were in the news a lot. The idea is to go to like go to the front lines of where the fight is happening and sort of entertain the troops on the ground. And we shot this documentary that we raised money on Kickstarter, give it up for Kickstarter. And so now it's basically in the hands of the two filmmakers who went out with us, and they're going to spend time putting it together. And we're doing it we're at Sketchfest in San Francisco on February 2nd. We're going to show some clips from the movie. Like, it's not going to be out for another couple months after that, and then do a Q&A and talk about some stuff. But, yeah, we're going to go back out again. We're sort of going to wait until the film is closer to being done so we can try to go out with the film, so we can tour the film and the show at the same time. But we'll probably, you know, we were, uh, we were in Portland last year. I think we're going to do Portland again. We're going to do L.A. coming up soon. We're sort of, there's some things in the works. We haven't actually uh, sewn them up yet. But, yeah, we're going to be in Portland and L.A., and some other things. But yeah, we're, the idea is to really go out with this show and tour it the way you tour a band. And it's just a, it's a stand-up comedy show. What did you learn doing, like doing, uh, I don't know if you call it a pilot tribe, but I mean, what did you learn don't, taking that out on the road the first time that you know not to do the second time? And, and, and I mean, what type of learning curve is there doing something like that? There's a huge learning curve because we just sort of pick, but one thing is like, you know, that, and this is why colleagues don't do this a lot, that you, we didn't book it in comedy clubs. We booked it in theaters and performance spaces. And so you pick something online and go, yeah, let's book it at that place. And you go there, you go, whoa, <laughs> like, like, this was a mistake. Because, like, for example, we did Dearborn, Michigan, and the only venue we could find was this, uh, college, community college auditorium. And we got there and we realized how big it was, but it was like, but we just didn't realize what that meant. It was like 400 seats. And the bad part about it is in a part of town that nobody goes to if they're not going to the community college. And it was on like a weekend, so nobody was at the community college. And so we ended up performing for about 40 people in a 400-seat theater, which is why comics normally just go to the nearest comedy club and call it, call it a day. You know what I mean? So we really had a real DIY thing about it that made it so that if not for Kickstarter, we would have lost our shirt on some of the shows. It wouldn't have been, a, it wouldn't have been financially viable to do it, but Kickstarter helped us, so we didn't actually lose money. We didn't make any money, but we didn't lose money. So again, there's Dave Nelson with W. Kamau Bell. You can get more comedy a go-go at dvnelson.podbean.com or just find him on iTunes, which may be the best way to go. Little side story about Kamau. Uh, I directed a web series pilot that I had come up with a few years ago that had Kamau and a couple of other folks, uh, comedian Dana Eagle and actor sketch performer Shane Elliott attached to it. And we actually got it done. Uh, well, we got it shot. It never uh, actually got on the web, and it's not actually completely produced for a variety of reasons. Uh, it was called Spam Busters, and if it had become a series, uh, those three guys, Kamau, Dana, and Shane, and when I say guy, Dana's actually a woman. Uh, these guys were like superheroes uh, with no superpowers who were going to take the fiends behind spam on the computer to justice. If I can find the rough version of that pilot around here, I will post it on the Succotash Show site. Um, so I'll let you know if that's going up. And uh, one of these days, we'll actually even get Kamau on our show when he's uh, not so busy getting famous and shit. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, Cocktails and Kimonos. It's a podcast hosted by a couple of dudes named Ritep. And Big D, maybe it's Redup, uh, assuming that's not their real names. They've broken their shows down into seasons, which some podcasts do to give folks a reference point. Uh, Cocktails and Kimonos is now in its third season, which is a little bit misleading, considering that they only have a total of 15 shows so far. But nice ploy, boys. 
Their tagline reads, a blog and a podcast dedicated to relieving life's tediums by making light of what's trending. These guys have real announcer voices, so I think they must be radio refugees, and I like what I'm hearing, especially when it's about someone ODing on Coke, a cola. Here's, uh... Here is Big D and Retep and Cocktails and Kimonos. 30-year-old uh, Natasha Harris died of a heart attack today mm-hmm. and, uh, or yesterday or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people were like, whoa, she's 30. She's not like super fat, whatever, right? Right. She'd been drinking two gallons of Coca-Cola every day for the last 10 years. Is that in her obituary? It's, there's a whole lot of, a lot of – she's been drinking – Two gallons of Coca-Cola a day for 10 years. There's nothing wrong with that. Bro. What? Can you imagine? Think about how gross you feel, like just your teeth feel after you drink one Coke. I I think anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So she, unfortunately, Natasha, Natalia. Natasha. She had a bad. So, yeah, because she was drinking so much Coke... It was taking all the potassium out of her body, and so she had a heart attack at age 30. How did no one in her life just go, hey, um, you think you could just do like one gallon a day? (laughs) You don't have to go cold turkey. Just get it down. Maybe one regular Coke and one diet. (laughs) (laughs) One gallon, by the way. Wait a a minute. A gallon? She was drinking two Two, gallons. What? That shows that you weren't listening, you fuck. Did you think I said two Cokes a day? No, no, two liters. Two, two liters. gallons. That's, I think see, that's eight I'm a, liters. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit floored now. Yeah. Jesus. Bro, a gallon eight is like, liters. remember the giant thing of milk with the handle, the plastic one? Oh, my two God. Two of those full of Coke. Jesus. By the way. I'm like, shit. By the way, uh, have you seen the show My Strange Addiction? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Drinks gasoline. Didn't see it. She drinks 12 teaspoons of gasoline a day they have this chick how on, does she even get it she's just she pump it right out of the hose into her mouth how does she get it she goes i don't know because gasoline is not readily available in this country anywhere so she must bro, go to the gulf bro, it's not it. sold in the fucking refrigerator case she brings one of those fucking red gallon Fucking containers to the gas thing and it fills it up. Trying to find it. What are her side effects besides uh, she gets the dizzy. worst breath that's ever existed? A lot of gas. She gets. Her mom said, I started smelling it on her breath. And then it cuts to an interview with the gas drinker. And she's like sniffing the cap and like licking the fucking back end of the thing. Oh. <laughs> what does she like about it? Did they interview her? Obviously. Yeah, of course they interviewed her. She's like, I just like the smell. I like. She started because she liked the way it smelled, and then she like licked it, and then she started like drinking it. Oh my! Yeah, I'm feeling like a little twinge in the back of my throat. <laughs> I'm not joking around. She said she likes the way it burns when it goes down too. Dude, no joke. I'm getting nauseous. <laughs> Dude, I I like the smell of gasoline. Like. A little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's. I don't find it like disgusting. Like, I'm right? Like, kind of an interesting smell. Holy shit! How much does she? Eat? Thir- uh, Twelve teaspoons a day, totaling more than I think they said five gallons in the past year. Does she measure it out? Yeah, because she she takes like little uh, little capfuls of it. If you watch the show, <laughs> like nippers, like yeah. like. A- like an, old, like an old man drunk who just nips yeah. his gin all day long. Uh, you want to know what? Like, I'm, So on the show, they, they bring her friend who <laughs> – dude, I wish I had a picture of your face. Because by the way, she's not even that gross. No, she's, she's not like that. She goes, 
it kind of <laughs> what what what'd you say never <laughs> saw someone else because they do two epi- two strange addictions per episode the <laughs> the other <laughs> the other person Lacey, as uh-huh. a 24 year old who loves the smell of doll head hear more cocktails and kimonos at cocktailsandkimonos.com how easy can that be uh, or iTunes, of course, which reminds me when I'm mentioning iTunes, I've discovered a new podcast friendly app that uh, seems to latch on to everything podcasty on iTunes. Uh, it makes it super easy to listen to your faves. Uh, just wanted to tell you about it. I have nothing to gain from this. Um, I got the pro version just because I don't like having ads on my apps, but there's a free version. It's called Podbay, as in Hal opened the Podbay doors. Podbay. <coughs> And uh, just check it out on the iTunes store. Uh, they may have one on the Android store. I'm not sure, but it's called Podbay. We're on it. Hell, everyone's on it. Uh, you just put in the podcast name, and if it's on iTunes, it's on Podbay. So it's pretty cool. Uh, the Man Cave Podcast is a very ambitious podcast from Jeff Schaefer and Bobby Shortle. I say ambitious because it is a daily podcast. Now, I don't know if they do it literally every day or if they record once a week and chop it up, but it's still very ambitious. It's also pretty well put together. They have regular features. They have a point of view. They talk about sports, but also movies, pop culture, and things from the news. I mean, this is what a, a podcast from people you've not heard from should be like. Uh, not, I'm not saying everyone should copy their format, but have something to say, you know, have a perspective have distinct voices, uh, and it really does help listeners start to identify with with who you are and what you're doing. The episode uh, clip I'm going to play goes back a few weeks before the Avenger movie opened. They were doing a run-up to the opening by every week they were taking one of the main characters and sort of talking about them and anticipating how they were going to be used in the movie. In this clip, uh, they were talking about Iron Man. So check out uh, Jeff and Bobby and their chat. Uh, Again, this is a couple weeks before the Avengers movie opened, but... Their take on Iron Man. Um, so we're focused on Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Where does Iron Man rank in the hierarchy of these superheroes? Interesting question because if you'd asked me that before, like 2008, when yeah. Iron Man came out, he's a C-level character at best. And not not in quality of writing behind him or kind of the cool things he can do, just in kind of the pantheon of Marvel superheroes, Iron Man is not... The X-Men or Spider-Man yeah. or, you know, even the Fantastic Four or, you know, these other big heroes, even Captain America, you know, in, right. in, in a lot of ways. Um, and but after that movie, that movie was wildly successful and it's still the most successful Marvel movie uh, to date. Oh, really? Okay. As the movies they produced. Obviously, the, the Spider-Man movies have been bigger and that stuff, but sure. movies they produced. And now he's a major player in, in, in the Marvel Universe in a lot of ways. Um, he... The Invincible Iron Man, which is a, a, a ongoing series right now in okay. Marvel, it, it is a pretty big series for them, and he's in a ton of books, so he's become a very big member. He was always important because he's one of the founding members of the Avengers, right? And Tony Stark is the kind of the benefactor of the Avengers. He's the one who provides them with their jets and the, their, the place where they live and all this other stuff because he has all the money. But in the movies, they talk about how like um, Nick Fury says he is, you know too much of a character to be part of a hero group. But right. how, how's he go from there to being the benefactor? Well, I think that's going to happen in this movie. I think you're going to see the transition. Uh, because in the Marvel Universe, Tony Stark is 
the the rich guy. You know, he's the guy who does all the rich guy stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. He's the Bruce Wayne in a lot of ways of that universe, okay. you know, um, without, like, the dark, you know. <laughs> he's n- a cocky Bruce Wayne. He's a cocky Bruce Wayne. Um, so how they do that in the movie, I'm not sure, because the cool thing about the Marvel Universe of movies is that they've, they're obviously tied very directly to the comic books in a lot of ways. They take their inspiration from them, but they've created their own universe in the movies. You know, this is the Marvel movie universe. So mm-hmm. things that happen in the comic books are good signposts for what's going to happen in these movies, but they're not exact. Okay. Good to know. You know, because like the we talk about Iron Man today, and, and the, the plot of Iron Man 1 is a, a lot of the history of Iron Man condensed into into one movie. Because there was, there's a part at the end of Iron Man 1, and people remember there's not where, he gets the cover story, you know, for what he's going to – for what he was doing when Iron Man was attacking. The and agent gives him the cards. Exactly. Yeah. The agent of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Coulson, who's been in all of these movies, basically. Right. He, one of the things is, the story is that this is his bodyguard, right? That this is mm-hmm. Iron Man's, this is Tony Stark's bodyguard, that is Iron Man. And that was, a, that was who Tony Stark, Tony Stark wasn't always, I'm Iron Man. You okay. know, th- th- that was the cover for a while. You know, Tony was the benefactor for the Avengers because his bodyguard was a member of the Avengers. I see. Um, but then later on, he came out as being Tony Stark, and there's a there's a lot of there's a big thing that happened a couple of years ago in the Marvel universe called Civil War, where this huge disaster happened, and all these civilians died at the hands of these really kind of bush league superheroes, huh. and there was a, a initiative by the government to identify all the superheroes in the world because they're like, if you're going to have all this power, all this power, we need to know who you are. So if you do something wrong, sounds like an X Men problem. Yeah, we can prosecute you, and. Civil War happened that, okay, Tony Stark was like, okay, I'll tell everybody who I am. And Captain America was like, I don't want to tell people who I am. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. Like, I've served this country for this many years. I sh- everybody should know who I am. So they like, come after I was me. frozen for a hundred fucking years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they had a fight together. So that's kind of where the Tony Stark, this is who I am. I'm going to tell everybody who I am. And he's always been more of a publicity hound than a lot of the other people. All right. That is... The Man Cave Podcast with Jeff Schaefer, Bobby Shortle. Check them out at themancavepodcast.com or on iTunes. Next up is a clip from Shotgun Storyworthy, which is a jam-packed fun twist on the usual Storyworthy podcast that hosts Christine Blackburn and Hannah Finney host. What? Why did I say host so many times? Anyway, there's usually one guest telling a compelling story or stories when they visit the show. However, Shotgun Storyworthy is a live game show that they often do at a bar or restaurant. Recently, it's been at the El Cid in Los Angeles, Silver Lake to be exact. And it pits a dozen contestants and an audience member against not only each other, but the Wheel of Truth a spinning wheel with potential story topics on it. So each contestant gets up, spins the wheel, announces the topic the wheel stops on, then they have one minute to to tell a story on that topic. So they have really no time to plan anything because they don't know what topic is going to come up. I mean, I guess they get to see them in advance and kind of go, oh, if that comes up, I'll talk about the time the cops arrested me or whatever. So I picked the clip that you're about to hear because I worked with this particular contestant, Frank Nicotero, way back before he starred in TV's Street Smarts and on his online stuff he's been, he did for Yahoo and everything else. Uh, at the time, he was a segment producer on a show I was trying to produce for GSN back when it was the Games Game Show Network. And uh, he was a young stand-up comic from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the gateway 
to the Midwest. Here's a clip from Shotgun Story Worthy. All right, you guys, many people know that Frank Nicotero, you guys know him from his five-year stint as the host of the comedy game show Street Smarts. A lot of people say, uh, A lot of stoners, oh, good. Yes, I got people who don't have jobs and are unemployed at 2 a.m. Thank it's you like, for remembering. Yes, it's like jaywalking. <laughs> That's our core funny. audience. He's also been a host of the Daily Show on Yahoo TV called Primetime in No Time. That just was a good fired. show. Just got fired recently, <laughs> but the thing is, it, it was a good show because Four you could stay though. in the loop, but you didn't have to watch all those crazy right, shows. Exactly. That was nice. Uh, also, Frank is now even doing Man on the Street segments for TBS uh, Weekend Extra, and he's probably from Pittsburgh. Guess who else is from Pittsburgh? Christine Blackburn, right there. You are also from That's Pittsburgh. That's what I'm talking And the about. Pirates are tied uh, against the Dodgers right down the street, 1-1 one, one in the 6th. Oh, is that right? Yep. All right. Sorry for uh, TiVoing the game. Sorry. You can find him at Frank Nicotero. This goes up next week. I think they'll know the answer by <laughs> oh, that. FrankNicotero.com. By the way, this, this podcast does go up on Monday. I think it's the 16th. Monday the 16th. There is that you what go. it is? Yes. Okay. We can uh, all Monday is the 16th. Hear everybody fact, in the that. audience, and they can hear themselves, and they know that we're there. Yes, do that. <laughs> it's we like need, that time your... I was at that Coldplay concert at the Hollywood Bowl, and then Yellow came out. It was live at the Hollywood Bowl, and I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do it with me. Passport. Passport. Shit. Okay. Passport. Uh, no. Uh, passport. All right. Thank you. I recently uh, I went to Canada. I know I'm bragging. Um, yeah. My wife's from Canada, and I go up there for a wedding. I have time for a picture. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I get there, and I give them my passport, and they go, you can't come in the country. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, actually, I'm here for a wedding, so that would be actually fucking great if I had to fly back to L.A. So um, they said, yeah, apparently you got a DUI back in 2000. We don't allow you in the country Canada, if you have a DUI. I'm sorry, Canada? Canada? They are the drunkest people on the planet. Are you kidding? They drink and they play hockey, they fight, they drink their Molson, they drive their fucking Zambonis down the street. They are drunk. So I'm like, are you serious? I can't get in? So they're like, well, there's one thing we could do since you're so nice. You can pay a one-time entrance fee and we'll let you in, but then you're going to have to go to the consulate and get that expunged. So I had to pay $200 to get in to go to that wedding. So basically... I paid a cover charge to get in to Canada of $200. They gave me my passport back, which they said they would take away from me. And that's my passport story to Canada. Thank you. Good night. All right. Yes. Frank Nicotero. One two. Oh, very that's nice. That's a good story. Two story. And the two seconds was you taking the picture. So really, you're in a minute. Yeah, there you go. Flush. It's take a flush. Take a stickers of truth. That's a good story. How wow. funny. So that was like, if, if I were you, Frank, I would have said that's, my, that's your wedding present. You know? Like, happy wedding. I got, I'm here. You know what I mean? Yeah, who would pay if to get you, into Canada? If you this come is, from out of town, you should not be required to bring a wedding gift. Am I right? Uh, that is right. If you actually bring your ass, especially if, yeah, you if they charge over. You go out of the country for a wedding, you don't have to bring a present. Thank you. i got to tell you, that's a pretty damn funny show, and you get a lot of bang for your buck. I mean, you've got, it's probably about a one-hour podcast, uh, and you've got the uh, the patter between Christine and Hannes, but uh, the uh, you've got all these stories that are just coming out one at a time. Uh, rapid fire. It's fantastic. Uh, you can catch more over on Star- storyworthypodcast.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Smart Radio, which I, if, I, if I failed to mention, we are also on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can hear us over there. It's a great alternative to uh, having to download and fumble with making sure you got all your stuff hooked up. Just get up to Stitcher Smart Radio. Look for uh, in this case, Shotgun Storyworthy, or just Storyworthy, and uh, that'll come up, and you can enjoy it that way. I have saved the most disgusting clip for the last clip of the day. Uh, clip, I said, which means we still have the burst o'durst coming up, so don't leave. Uh, 
Uh, there are a couple of podcasts sporting the title Unkempt. Uh, one is a storytelling podcast hosted by Hollywood actor Tim Coyne, but it stopped putting up shows in 2010. Then there's the one hosted by Matt and Mike. No last names, so you might already be getting a whiff of how little this podcast is curated for its sense of taste. Also bear in mind that this clip is one the guys sent in to Succotash. So they're standing by it as being representative of the Unkempt podcast, uh, which, if this is what it is, so be it. Uh, I appreciate them sending the clip in, and I would encourage any comedy podcaster, if you would like to have a clip played on Succotash, uh, just send me a three to five minute MP3 clip to Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. We'll put it on just as we are putting on this clip from Unkempt. You have been warned. So, Matt, here's one for you. I was I was working this week, and, uh, you know, I'm driving around a lot in my job. Sure. And, um, I was out in this place called uh, Marion, North Carolina, which is about an hour away from Asheville. And uh, I was driving out there, and I started feeling a little bit of tug, tug, oh, a little God, bit of tug. Man. And I was just like, oh, oh. Oh, it's wrong. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to stop here because that big daddy's going to have to take a shit. <laughs> So where'd you stop? So anyway, so I was like, okay, you know, because I'm the type where when I like to take a shit, it's, for me, it's going to be in my own bathroom. Right. Um, I don't like shit in public. I don't I don't mind if it's a nice rest stop. Yeah, dude, dude, I just, North Carolina know, has great rest stops, McDonald's man. is good because they, you have your own oh, private God, little. Don't say McDonald's. Dude, you You're going to get me on a meat friggin' rant, uh, dude. Well, let's, okay, it's okay. nasty. And basically what you did at McDonald's, they served to the next guy. I know. Disgusting. Well, but so so what happened is here I am in the middle of Marion and I get out of my truck and I'm walking towards like what we call a pad to do this just just do some cable work and I feel this god awful pain that just hits me right above my freaking pubic bone and it just makes me stop. It made me lift my ass cheek like I'm about to just fart, you know, and I was like and it stopped me and I'm and god, I look man. so so I look around. I'm watching your this I'm is no bullshit. So right now? I look around and there's people outside, and I'm like, and I'm just stopped dead. I'm like, oh my god, I'm 35 years old. For the first time in my life, I truly thought that I was going to shit my pants. You crapped yourself. Didn't I have you? never done that in my life, except as about. I, I never remember doing that ever as a teenager, young adult. Well, that's because you were drinking. But I mean, I was just like, oh my god, I am going to shit my pants. So I. So stopped and I was, it, 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 it kind of went away and I did my work real quick and I was driving down the road and I couldn't even drive down the road normal because I had to lift my ass cheek up because I was afraid to put any pressure on my asshole because I was just afraid it was going to so here I'm driving down the road with my ass cheek lifted up and I'm just oh my god begging for some kind of gas station or anything and finally it just got to the point where I, I pull over in the middle of the road mm. and uh Thank God I had a towel oh, for like my dude. sweat and my Come truck on, and everything. Man. So I'm like, fuck, I am going to have to get out of my truck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and at least you're in the middle oh, of nowhere, dude. Yeah, but still, but so I run into the woods and uh, uh you know, I did my my fun thing. It was kind of kind of that's wet. That's wet. I took a I took an audio of this one. I like the bubbles at the end. That was a hot one. Oh. Uh, uh, you got to be kidding me. But no joke, if you are um, in the Marion, 
where, where North Carolina Mar- area. So and Marion's in the middle of nowhere, right? It's in the middle of nowhere. But if you're in the Marion area and you're hiking through the woods and you see a brown towel, <laughs> don't wipe your face with it, please, because that would not be good. Well, if I ever pick up a brown towel, trust me, I'm not wiping my face with it. Well, it's a brown. It's, a it was brown in color before. Okay, good. So it's camouflage. It's camouflage. You camouflaged your shit on the side of the yeah. road in Marion, North Carolina. Yeah, and so, but Dear gosh, God. bless, man. Like I said, I have never been so scared of shitting myself as I was that day. And you know, I just thought I'd like to share that with everybody. I appreciate you sharing. Hey, it. No problem. Man. I'm a little disturbed now. I'm not sure if I can sit in the same room, but well, it does explain the smell. Okay, that is. Mike and Matt, no last names, please. And if you'd like to hear more, you can find them on the unkemptshow.podbean.com or save yourself all the typing and just get up to iTunes and grab uh, grab yourself some unkempt from there. That brings us up to our burst o durst, closing it out this week, all clean and wholesome, if not for the fact he's spewing about dirty, dirty, vile politics. It's our favorite comical pundit, Will Durst, the ambassador to the middle. Take it away, my friend. Hey, guys. Will Durst here to join in on the newest game sensation sweeping the nation. Yes, it's time again to play that quadrennial favorite, Guess the Vice Presidential Pick. Since Mitt Romney has sewed up the Republican nomination tighter than one of Chris Christie's old suits, the only drama left is which name the former governor of Massachusetts intends to put on the bottom of his bumper sticker. So let's look at the field of potential running mates. We'll start with the vanquished competition. First off, Ron Paul, a thousand to one. Less chance than a snail hauling a piano qualifying for the 100-meter dash at the London Olympics. New Gingrich, same thing, only the snail is dead. Rick Perry, the snail is dead and the piano is made out of uranium, the heaviest element on earth. Herman Cain and Michelle Bachman, <laughs> more dead snails, really, really heavy pianos. Sarah Palin, yeah, doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result, the definition of insanity. So, 30 to 1. Donald Trump? Nah, but if Romney gets elected, he could put the Donald in charge of the FAA to avail the airline industry of some of that aerodynamic hair. Same thing with Chris Christie and the FDA. Jeb Bush? Eh, long shot. 15 to 1. People need a bit more time to recover from Bush fatigue. Like, three decades. Tim Pawlenty, former governor of Minnesota, 8 to 1. The only problem here is you'd have two guys so white, people might refer to it as the albino ticket. Rick Santorum, 10 to 1. Mostly if Mitt needs some Old Testament righteousness to counter that squishy Mormon thing. Bob McDonald, governor of Virginia, now we're talking. 6 to 1. Bringing us to the favorite, senator from Florida, Mario Rubio. Dead even, 50-50. A Hispanic and the state of Florida. Fits together like seashores and halter tops. So that's about it. Fascinating, right? Yeah, and this is supposed to keep us occupied till the end of August? <sighs> Going to be a long summer. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. We appreciate you uh, always supplying us with a, a little bit of true perspective on things. Check him out at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting as at Will Durst on Twitter. That's W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. And that is going to put a lock on Epi 24. Bill Haywatt, our announcer, will walk you out. I want to remind you of two things. The first is you can hear us replayed over at Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment. That's CWERadio.com. The second reminder, as always, 
is to please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the suck attack.